Good morning, everyone, and it's good to see you as we come to worship this morning in the house of God at St. James. A lot has been going on behind the scenes to get to this day, and so we're so glad that you're with us this morning. Um, The last couple of months, it's been just me, Kevin, and Steve, um, and I've kind of sold out the casual. Um, So I hope that during this time of of, uh, quarantine and pandemic that you'll feel free to come to church uh, dressed casually. You know, responsible casually is what I what I say. Um, but I showed up the last couple of Sundays in blue jeans and a shirt, and we, we sat over there when we decided we were going to have church over here. We sat over there at the table, and we had, had our service. So it's so good to see every one of you this morning as we come to worship the Lord together. And we're going to uh, lift up one announcement. Don't forget about, well, Father's Day is next Sunday. And then don't forget about our, our um, celebration of the graduates. We'll be having lunch immediately following the service on the 28th. Let us begin our worship as we join together in affirming our faith through the Apostles' Creed. Let us stand together as we unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and stood at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, we're glad to have Wesley with us, and he will be leading us, uh, although we're not uh, allowed to have congregational singing due to the spread of the coronavirus. Uh, We have Wesley with us today. He will lead us in music, and we're going to sing our first unsung hymn, not sing it, We're going to listen together and meditate on our first unsung hymn, Amazing Grace, number 378, and we're going to listen to verses 1, 3, and 6.
Amen. We have any prayer requests to lift up this time before we come together in our time of prayer this morning. Let us come and join together in prayer. Let us approach the throne of grace in prayer this morning. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day you created, and we give thanks for this beautiful time that we can gather together for worship once again in your house. What a great day it is to be able to come to worship with God's people. We come with our hearts filled with joy and expectation, and we're filled with gladness that we can return together and meet in your presence. Be with us today, Lord. Fill us with hope and peace and bind our hearts together in love. Lord, help us as we are still in, as we come together this morning, help us to be ever mindful that we're still in the midst of a global pandemic and our hearts and prayers go out to those around us that are affected by this disease. Help us to do all we can to protect one another. In our hearts today, it is so true of your teaching to love our neighbor. Help, help us during this time of unrest to love our neighbor to love our brothers and sisters, even though they may not look like one of us. They may be different or come from a diverse background or have a, come from a different economic state of life or have a different culture. Help us to be a neighbor to them. Help us to be kind and sympathetic and understanding to one another. 
and help us to overcome evil with good. Help us to do what is right and be guided and directed by your love. As you first loved us, help us to love one another. Be with all those who are sick this morning and those who grieve and those who need comfort. We lift up Kathy. We lift up the Townsend family. We lift up Dave and we lift up Mike. And we lift up Mr. Prez this morning. And we have others as well. Unspoken needs and requests that we lift together to you today. Bless this time now as we gather for worship. Spirit, come and minister to our hearts. Fill us with your anointing power as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught all of his disciples to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Since we do not have any children, well, we do have, we'll go ahead and do the children's time this morning. How many of you, I want to welcome all the children this morning that are listening as well. How many of you know what a, a goat or a sheep looks like? How many of you can distinguish between a goat and a sheep? I have a picture this morning I want to show you. I saw on, on the internet of a sheep and a goat together. They look, look like best pals. But as we can look at this, we can see the distinction that God made between a sheep and a goat. And there's, there's a visible difference. This is the sheep and this is the goat. Jesus talked about sheeps, sheep and goats in the Bible. And he, and he says that in the last days that the sheep will be separated from the goats. So we know visually what a sheep and what a goat looks like, and we can easily separate them ourselves. We can put the sheep in one pasture and goats in another, just visually and having a visual understanding of a sheep and a goat. But Jesus says that in the last days, he will separate the sheep from the goats. So what's the distinction that Jesus uses in separating the sheep from the goats in scripture how does he see a sheep and how does he understand what a goat looks like so jesus says i am the good shepherd and the sheep know my voice and the sheep do not follow the voice of a stranger but they follow my voice and so jesus says how to separate a sheep from a goat is that by our good deeds and our relationship to him he says goats are more about doing good deeds 
but they don't have a relationship with him. Sheep have a relationship with him and have love for him and love for their neighbor. So the sheep are out caring and ministering the love of Christ because they have a relationship with him. But the goats are out doing things because they want to get noticed for what they do by their actions, even though they're doing it in the name of God. And so Jesus said, in the last days, there will those that will come to him and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we not cast out demons? And did we not do all these good things in your name? And he was going to say, depart from me. I never knew you because I never had a relationship with you. You might have ministered and done all these things in church in my name, but I didn't have a relationship with you. So that's how Jesus will separate the truth, um, the shepherd from the sheep based on whether or not we have a relationship with him or not. Let us pray. Lord, help us this morning to have a relationship with you and to understand the sheep know you, they love you, they follow you because of the love that they have for you. And they share that love to each other. A goat is more worried about themselves and showing that the good works to bring attention to themselves and not to you. Help us this morning to be the sheep that you call us to be in the world. We ask this prayer in your name. Amen. We're going to sing our next unsung hymn this morning. It is well with my soul, number 377. And we're going to meditate on verses 1, 2, and 4 of number 377, It Is Well With My Soul, verses 1, 2. Let us meditate on this hymn this morning.
Let us stand together this morning for the reading of God's Word and remain standing for the doxology. Although we're not going to be singing it, but please remain standing. After I complete I read the reading of the Scriptures. This morning, our text is different from what is in the bulletin. First scripture this morning comes from Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. Then I'm going to read, be reading from 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 through 15. Reading now from Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, and I'm reading from the New King James translation. Hear the word of God. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But if we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what we have received, let him be accursed. For I, I, do, for I do now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men, for if I please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And now from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if he ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, and you may be seated. You ever been scammed? You ever been hoodwinked? You ever had the carpet pulled out from underneath you? You ever got cheated? You ever had the wool pulled over your eyes? It doesn't feel good to be cheated or robbed or stole from, and it doesn't feel nice to be tricked. And promise one thing and given something else. Everyday computer hackers are busy trying to fish for your information. It's called phishing. They send you these fake emails to try to get you to open up the attachment, and then they got you. They can download your info, your personal info from your computer. Every day, phony contractors show up knocking on your door trying to fix your roof after the storm. They look legitimate. The price seems right. You pay them up front a small fee to get the materials, they say, and then you don't see them anymore. They cash your check, and they've left for Mexico. 
everyday phony real estate agents or stock market investors call you up on the phone and say, boy, I got an investment for you. Let me tell you about it. It will help your family get what you need. You pay a little interest over time, and you get what you want. Well, when the time, when time comes for you to cash in for your investment, you realize that you have no money. You paid into a slush, slush fund that was part of a Sponge scheme. Or you receive a phone call that says, hey, you just won an all-expense-paid cruise. All you got to do is send in $1,000 to pay the taxes, and you get a free ticket and a cruise. But you pay the money, and you don't get no tickets in the mail, or you don't get no cruise. See, every day, people are duped by scanners, by scammers out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. They even can call your caller ID and hijack it with a, with a fake number. You answer it, and it's the scammer on the other end trying to cheat you. Is there no safe place in the world from scammers? Is there no place that you can keep your information safe? Surely, surely, the church is safe. Surely, God's house is safe. Surely, there are no scammers or hackers within the house of God? Or is there such thing as a Christian scam artist? A Christian hacker? Oh, I forgot to tell you the name of my message is Stealing Jesus. Surely there's not a soul in God's house that promises one thing and then offers us something else. I dare not think it. You remember how you felt when you realized that you got duped out of your hard-earned money? Oh, you felt kind of stupid. You felt kind of stupid that you fell for that fake email. I can't believe it. It happened to me, we say. I actually wrote the check. I was ready to get that cruise. I actually bought into it. And we often make that vow, oh, I'll never do that again. You won't catch me falling for that. Instead of getting what we were promised or what we wanted, we got something else. We bought into a lie, and we were left empty with nothing. Well, take that feeling for a moment that you had when you, when you realized that you were duped and applied to this. What if somebody wanted to come to church looking to find a real Jesus only to meet a only one instead? A counterfeit substitute for the real thing. You know how you felt when you were scammed? You felt let down. Your bubble was burst. You felt betrayed. You felt hurt. You were crushed. And when people come to church looking for a real Jesus that they read about in the Bible, and yet they come and they meet someone else who is not loving and of them, does not open, uh, open arms and are met with judgment or gossip, finger pointing or clicks or unaccepting or unwelcoming, they wonder, where is Jesus? Where did I go? After all, the church is on the marquee with the lighted sign out front. It says God's house on the door, and there's a picture of Jesus on the stained glass window. It even says to this, do in remembrance of me on the altar. 
If this is the church and it belongs to Jesus, shouldn't Jesus be a part of it? Jesus even taught and mentioned in Sunday school and in the worship hour, shouldn't he be present with us in the midst of the doors when they're open? This is the assumption that people make when they come to church. They come to meet him. Maybe he's hiding in the back. Maybe he's having coffee. Maybe he's being held hostage. Maybe he's tied up. Maybe he's out to lunch. Maybe he's hijacked. Maybe he's stolen. Maybe some church scammers have come and impersonated God's people. Maybe some church con artists have come in to pretend that we're all happy Christians singing Kumbaya. Maybe some Christian hacker has gotten hold of the church's personal info and is conducting services and going about God's business in the name of God without inviting Jesus or including him. Maybe that's what's going on, right? Surely there are no con artists in church, are there? And what happens when people don't get a chance to meet the real Jesus? Remember how you feel, felt when you, got, when you realized that you were hoodwinked? This is why church membership is on the decline. People come off the streets from everyday conflict trying to find a peace of God and trying to meet a real loving Jesus. To love them who they are. To feel his arms surrounding them. To know his peace. And when they walk in the doors of the church where Jesus is supposed to reside and he's nowhere to be found. He's been stolen and replaced by an imposter. imposter, A phony, cut-out, cardboard felt Jesus hanging on the bulletin board at Vacation Bible School. If you were hurting and you came to church to meet a real Jesus and you were met by a fake cardboard cut out felt Jesus, how would you feel? You'd feel what? Cheated. And you'd say, I'm not going back there again. And who would blame you? Folks come in to find a real Jesus and they meet a fake one and they say when they walk out the door, I don't guess I'll be attending there again. And so church attendance is on the decline because people are tired of being duped. Who would blame them? If you're looking to connect with the real thing and only to be met at the door by fate, would you want to go back? Why go back to something that you can get already in the world? People believe more in the Jesus of the Bible today than they do about his church. I will say that again. People today believe in, G- believe in Jesus of the Bible than they do about his church. The statistics are there. George Barna does plenty of statistics on church membership and attendance. So the research is out there for us to read. What does that say about church today? We can have a great praise band with rock and roll music, and we can have a moving, shouting service with shouts, amen, but we don't have Jesus the church is empty. We can even be about helping the needy as the church with the left hand. We can be down at the soup kitchen. But if we raise the right hand against people that don't look like us, then we cancel out the good that we do with the left. On one side of our mouth, we can show up and bless our neighbor in church. But then on the other side, we can curse, slander, yell, scream, backbite, 
on the other side, how does that betray our Christianity? James 1.26 says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. If people, when they come to church to meet a real Jesus, only to meet an impersonator Jesus, what happened to the real Jesus? Where did he go? Do we have him locked up in the basement or held hostage? If the real people of faith have been replaced with church scam artists, what happened to the faithful? Where did they go? What do we do about the church hackers that have infiltrated the church? Do we need to go buy any virus software and malware to eradicate them? People within society come because they've heard that they would meet a real Jesus on the inside. This is who they're coming to find. Not us, but him. It's about him, not me. It's about the Lord. Instead, when they walk through the door, they meet a false one instead. And they feel scammed. Scammed in church. Now they say, well, maybe the Bible isn't real. Maybe this whole God thing is not real. You see, my friends, we are Jesus to the world. Look at your hands. Look at your hands for a minute. Look down at your hands for a minute. If the world cannot see Jesus in us, then the world won't see him. You're the only Bible that someone might read. If they don't see Jesus in us, where can they see him? We need to come together and be the Jesus that this world needs more now than ever before. We need to start standing up and be the real Christians that God has called us to be. Surely, surely, there are no scammers in the church. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let us stand together for the benediction. May the grace of God, the love of Jesus, power and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide in each of you both now and forevermore. Amen.